Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Hi, I'm Paul Higgins and welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast, episode number four. 50. Today, you're going to learn some amazing things. But in summary, the three-step framework to stop you and your team drowning in work, a book to share with your clients so that you can validate the need they have for your services. And the third thing is some tips on how to get out of delivery yourself. If you're a first-time listener, please subscribe. It's specifically for cloud consultants. And so if you're consulting and deploying a SaaS platform, you're in the right place. And if you're a regular, thanks for listening. But send me an email at paul at paulhigginsmentoring.com. Tell me that you're a list, you listen and also what topics you'd like me to cover or maybe even some guests you'd like to suggest, which could include you. Anyway, the summaries in the app, there's a full transcript there. Just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And before we go on an interview with Nick, I'd like to talk about two key sponsors. One is a world's only revenue-focused community for cloud consultants. You get all your questions answered quickly by peers. Less technical, more biz. Just go to cloudconsultantscollective.com to join for free today. And SendSpark. SendSpark is a fantastic video platform where you use you, right? I.e. you're doing a video to your clients. It's so much better than typing. They get to see you. And when I say clients, it's also great for future clients. And you can personalize it at scale. I've got some wonderful little features there. And you can get six months free by going to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash sendspark. So today's guest is Nick Sonnenberg. He's the founder and CEO of Leverage. And you can go to getleverage.com. And it's a business efficiency consulting. He's also a columnist at and also a book author, uh, which is his first book, which is Idea to Execution. He's a serial entrepreneur with a passion for productivity and a background in data science. Nick's mission is to create companies that disrupt the way people work by leveraging the power of teams, digital tools, and powerful automations. And he talks about how many he wants to do within the interview. And his primary focus is around a great framework called CPR for business efficiency. And he's used this to help lots of teams, as he said. And now he's seen constant problems that he wants to solve. So that's what he'll go through in this. And we're sort of going to cover the the book, which has come up for air in here. And, um, you know, it gets launched on the 7th of February around the world in 2023. And this interview is going to come out post that date. So you'll be able to go and get it at comeupforair.com. And finally, Nick's worked for some pretty amazing individuals and companies. So Tony Robbins, Jay Abraham, Facebook, uh, Conveyances, and many more. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Nick Sonnenberg, the author of Come Up For Air, and also the founder and CEO of Leverage. Nick, great to have you back on the show. Thanks so much to be back on, Paul. Yeah, so as I said in the intro, uh, Nick was in episode 431, and it was titled Building Your Thought Leadership, and he talked about the all the actions that he did to build 
his thought leadership, which led to getting clients easier and more of them. And the great thing is that he's back doing it again. So today he's actually talking about his new book, Come Up come up for air and you can find out more at comeupforair.com and we'll have all the links in the show notes etc but um why don't you tell us first why the book nick you know why you're you're a busy man you do lots and lots of things why release another book yeah i mean thanks again thanks for the intro paul um i started the book four years ago pre-pandemic and i started it because I thought that the world needed this book through my consultancy leverage. um, We just noticed more and more clients were having the exact same issues, which is what led me to developing the content and the training that we then started delivering to clients in our consultancy and training all on operational efficiency. But the problems were so profound and so, so common. And it, it didn't matter if they were a seven figure financial advisor or a billion dollar poop spray, or a fortune 10 tech company, everyone had the same issues. And so I thought, you know, my mission is, how can I save millions of hours of productivity, uh, you know, across the world before I'm gone. And I thought a book is the best way to spread that message. It's a great way to also force yourself to get stronger with your intellectual property and your content. When you sit down, and you're going to publish a book, it really forces you to get clear with not just what your IP is and your framework, but also how you explain things. You know, it's, I've, we've had this framework for years and the theory is the theory. Like at this point, it's, it's kind of like a law, like, yes, you know, like it's like, at this point, I'm, I'm so confident in it because I've just seen so many people benefit that it's like a law of productivity that we've kind of uncovered that's in the book. The thing that has changed though is the analogies and the metaphors and the stories and the explanation and like connecting with people on a psychological level. And I think writing a book forced you, forced me to get clear with the right way of explaining things. It's a way that I wanted to write it also, not just to save people time, but also write it for myself to get better, write it for my team and future team so I can hand this over and it could just be here's the employee handbook. Like Before you get started, read this and you will know exactly how we operate and how we collaborate. So it's, it's, a, it's a really efficient way to hire and train people. And then I also hope, you know, selfishly, I hope that this um, will create business opportunities for us um, because people will pick it up, see great benefit, and then realize, oh my God, like we haven't focused enough on this stuff. You know, we should really start thinking more about it. Yeah, and then look, we're going to dive into it in a moment because, you know, it's got so much value, but I love the perspective that you are an Asana partner, right? So you listening who's a cloud consultant, you're listening here, Nick has been in your shoes. Depends on your growth, but Nick's been very successful, right? So he's been in your shoes. You can also take the principles out of this book and apply it to your business because, as I said, Nick has been in your shoes, so therefore he knows exactly what the problems uh, you've got that he's solving for in this book. And then the third thing is this is something you can actually give to your clients, which can be a great way of actually introducing the problems yep. to them, that which feeds beautifully into you actually doing it. So you don't have to write a book yourself. You can yeah. go and get Nick's yeah. and then use Nick's as a great intro. for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, like these principles that we developed, you know, I, I view leverage, which is a consulting and training firm, 
as a laboratory where we experiment with best practices of how to use all these tools. So everything in the book is via experimentation and trial and error and what ultimately works for us. And then we bring it to clients. Um, but we're not just Asana partners. We are HubSpot partners, Asana, Coda, Process Street. You know, we're, we're consulting and training across a wide array of tools. And so I understand quite deeply a lot of the pushback that someone might have where it's like, oh, it's not a priority to roll out, you know, HubSpot right now or Confluence or Asana or whatever the, whatever the tool is. And I think what, what the book really clearly lays out is, you know, for all of these tools, and we all know how important they are. Um, and how they can transform a business if they're used in the right way and not just how they're used, but when they're used. And I really emphasize in the book, the importance of when, not just how, I think there's a massive gap in understanding, you know, what's the purpose of that given tool, you know, uh, under what scenario should someone even think to open the tool? You know, I think that people and consultants jump straight into setup and like setting up a process and you forget to train people on like, Hey, like these are some scenarios that you should even think to use this tool. And when I survey people and I ask them, you know, if you had to ask a colleague, you know, to deliver a paper by Friday, how would you do that? You ask, you know, even within the same company, you ask 10 people, you get 10 different answers. No less. If you ask across different companies, you know, some will say text, some will say Slack, some will say email, some will say Asana. And so it's important to align people on the purpose of the tools that you're consulting on, where it fits into the bigger ecosystem. Why should they invest in that versus anything that anything you say yes to, you're saying no to an infinite number of other things. Yes. So if a client is considering to work with you to implement your tool, they are taking away time, attention, energy, money away from doing something else. So why is it so important to say yes to you and no to all these other things. And I think the book does lay out and and we put numbers around things and case studies around why operational efficiency can't be neglected. I think that people are starting to wake up to it now with, you know, the recession that's getting hit and layoffs happening. And, you know, companies are expecting more output with less resources. And so how do you actually accomplish that? Well, the only solution is efficiency, right? And so all these tools, Slack, Sauna, HubSpot, all of them, all help you be more efficient if used properly. And I think, you know, this is my long-winded answer of saying, yes, I think you could use this in your sales process, give it to clients, and this will build a lot of awareness for them on the value of the services you're offering to provide to them. Yeah, and, and you talked about the problems, right? You said, you know, you got sick of seeing all the problems and, and you knew that you had a solution for it. You wanted to share it to help millions of people. Um, what are the problems that you see? So, you know, from your perspective, running, like you said, a multi-platform agency, you go in a client, what are you seeing as the big problems that this book helps them to solve? Well, they're all drowning in work. That's why I called the book Come Up for Air. Right. So I I say they're all drowning in work. There's no alignment whatsoever on the technologies that they use. They were never ruled out properly. Um, Right. And so that as a byproduct creates what I call in the book, the scavenger hunt problem, where information's just 
all over the place and fragmented. And, you know, you, you need to get something done and you have to look in 10 different places uh, how to find it. So, you know, those are some of the common things that we see. Um, people are just, you know, ultimately we see that people are wasting over a full business day a week per employee due to these inefficiencies. And it's not rocket science to clean it up. Yeah, yeah. And and look, you know, I, I worked for the Coca-Cola company for, you know, almost 20 years. And because they're 150 years old, their attention to knowledge management was exceptional, right? Because ultimately they're selling sugar in a can, right? So it was all the yeah. IP and that yeah. went around it that, that made them so successful. And, um, you know, for me, I think by nature I was that way. But certainly coming into my own business and coming in and looking at other businesses, it's, yeah, it's, you know, people go, well, it, it's like you said, it's not that important. But once again, you know, there's what, 15 minutes it takes you to come back to what you are focusing on if you get distracted, right? And every time you go to think, well, where's this, you know, how and I can't find that. Or you go and, and you go to a team member and say, hey, by the way, do you know this? Or you go to your boss and say, hey, do you know, that is all disrupting your focus, no. you know, in that zone. And you must see that all the time. Yeah. And like, if you, if people don't know the best practices of when and how to use these tools and they don't have the right notification settings, it's not rolled out properly. You're going to get pushback. You're going to get some people that say, Hey, I don't want to use that tool. We tried it at my last company and it didn't work. Right. Um, and it's never the tool's fault. It's really just user error. People just don't understand how to set it up and how to use it. And I have a lot of these tools can hurt your productivity if they're not used right. A lot of people just think, oh, if I just pull out my credit card and sign up for Slack, you know, that's what I need uh, to do and everything will be fine. But if you don't roll out Slack right and you've got no structure or um, guidelines around naming conventions of channels, when a channel should be private versus public, notification settings. Like I've seen companies just nonstop distractions because it's just not properly configured. So, you know, when people are always asking me, what's the best knowledge management tool? What's the best work management tool? You know, the tool, the book, um, we do recommend certain tools over others or tell people which ones we use, but we really do try to really emphasize this tool agnostic approach in the book. Yes. We're not coming at the book from, oh, like you need these three tools to be efficient. You know, we, we wrote the book in a way where it's more principle-based and more focused around acknowledging the, 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 the CPR framework, the communicate plan and resource, and that every business, no matter what size or industry, you need to have communication tools, you need to have planning tools, and you have to have resourcing tools. And we lay that out, I think, in a very tool agnostic way in the book. And that way, no matter what tool you're using or if something goes bankrupt, as long as people have an awareness and they're following that, you could swap in and out any tool within a day and you're up and running. Yeah. And, and, and as a mentor used to say to me, like, you know, tools like a car, right? There's so many of them, but ultimately it's where you're going. You know, what's your destination? When do you need to get there? And getting all people to that destination at the same time is so important, right? Someone will, you know, it doesn't really matter what car they, they, they choose to, to go there. So, you know, great setup. I think, you know, you're listening here, you're nodding with Nick saying, I see this in my business. I see this in my client's business. So Nick, 
Now, before I go and buy the book, give me a summary of what you know the CPR actually is. Yeah, so, is. communicate, plan, resource. Take us through. Yes. Take us through a summary of that. Yeah. So, what we found is every company, no matter what, you have to communicate with with people. Internal communication with team members. External communication with vendors, clients, partners. Right. So, external, you've got Gmail and Outlook. Internal, you've got Teams and Slack. I believe every company needs to have an email client and an internal communication tool client. And you should separate them. And you could read in the book a lot of the, the, the reasoning why I re- make all these recommendations. I don't have time in this conversation to give the why, but um, then you, every company needs a planning tool. And, it, and tools like Asana or Monday or ClickUp um, or Rike, those are built for purpose. They solve a different problem than a communication tool. You know, if I talk about this in the book, but if you were going to go camping in the forest with your team, you would need walkie-talkies to communicate, but you also need a map to navigate out of the forest. And you can't... A lot of companies make the mistake of hacking text or email to solve internal communication, external communication, project management. And they kind of use these tools like a Swiss army knife. And a lot of the pushback is, oh, well, you know, it's much easier to run things off of one tool than many tools. That's a very common pushback. Yes. Um, and then my response to that is, well, if you have to chop down a tree, do you want to use a Swiss army knife or you want to get a chainsaw? So at some point, yes, you don't want a hundred tools, but you do need for these core, t- for CP&R, they're so foundational and core to how you operate. You don't want to try to cut corners and start going Swiss army knife. Maybe you could do it and other things, but these things are so integral and critical to operational efficiency on your team. You know, I think it's the wrong mindset to go the the Swiss Army knife approach. And then the R is resources, which is all about knowledge management. And in the book, we split out knowledge management into two buckets. We have static knowledge, which is what you would use a wiki for. So a wiki would be like Notion, Confluence, Guru, um, Coda. So if you're listening, maybe you're a consultant on you know, some of those. Yeah. Um, and what I talk about in the book is those tools should really be used for documenting and organizing information versus a common thing that people uh, misunderstand is the difference between Dropbox, Google Drive, and something like Confluence or Notion or Coda. And so that the difference, and I talk heavily about this in the book, is the difference between storage and organization. And an organization tool or a wiki answers the question, who, what, when, where, or why? Who's the CEO? Where's the office? When's the town hall? Documenting decisions. But you also have dynamic knowledge. And that answers the question, how? So how do you onboard a new team member? How do you do payroll? Or it's a series of steps that have to be done in some conditional order. A lot of people uh, misunderstand the subtle but distinct difference between project management and process management. We get into that in the book too. So we talk about the CPR framework and the mindset shift that we ask the readers to go through. And what we what we advocate with our clients is companies are optimizing for transferring information as fast as possible. You're, when you're at capacity and you're overwhelmed, you just try to get stuff off your plate as fast as possible. So it's like, oh, I'll send a text to Paul or I'll send an email to Paul or I'll do without any rhyme or reason, right? And, and the way to really truly be efficient is you have alignment from the team 
that you you will from this day forward no longer optimize for transfer transferring things fast that only serves you in the moment but it hurts everyone else what you agree to do from this day forward is as a team optimize for retrieving information fast which means that everyone is willing to take pause and put things where they belong because even though it takes an extra few seconds in the moment you're making it easier for yourself and your colleagues in the future and you're making you sacrifice a little today to make tomorrow better it's kind of like when you do your laundry it would be faster to take your your um clothes out of the dryer and throw it in one drawer but you separate your socks from your underwear from your shirts not because it's fastest way to get your laundry done right throwing it in one drawer is much faster you do it because tomorrow when you need to put an outfit together it's much faster to put an outfit together right that's uh that's a great analogy and you know the the biggest point that you'll understand the value of this and i'm sure you've all gone through it is when a team member leaves so you know i i don't have a large team i you know, I have a team of six people, but we just uh, two team members have just left, and it's been seamless because we've applied the principles that Nick's talking about, right? So you don't as because at Coke you used to have so much turnover, you you know you knew this the hard way, but in a smaller business you don't, and and you, you a lot of you are nodding here because you understand it, right? It's your clients that you're you're talking to and the clients that you're looking to change the mindset. But but having that where effectively a team member can leave and another team member can pick up because everything is so organized. The naming protocols are there, like Nick said, like everything's in it. This is how you go and do this. And uh, I'm with you, Nick. It doesn't matter what platform it's on. You know, we were once a sign and now we click up. The fundamentals are exactly the same that we organize it and how we organize it. So uh, I think it's great. And, and what are the things that, you know, you, you've had a lot of experience. People go, okay, I get it. Communication, plan, resource, that sounds great. But what are the nuances, Nick, that you've picked up from all of the implementations you've done that you can, you know, share with us now? Mm -hmm. You have to read the book because that's where I lay out all my secrets and all of my nuances, Paul. <laughs> go on, just give us a little, a little glimpse. Like what's one? What's one? Well, I think that it's important that whenever you start with a client, you're strategic on the most important starting point that gives them, um, you have to give people breathing room. So whoever you're working with is already overwhelmed and underwater and has no time for whatever it is that you're trying to do for them, right? They're already working at full capacity. No one's just sitting there trying to figure out where they could spend their time. So it's important that when you're doing these things, you prioritize what's the quickest win that can give them a little bit of breathing room, show your value. And then, you know, if you can create a couple hours very quickly of freed up time, now they can reinvest that time into the next thing you want to do with them. So I think, you know, most people need hundreds of things fixed. And as a consultant, it's, cr it's critical to identify what's the number one best place to start here, factoring in many different factors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, from your your experience again, um, you know, is it best to have you know one champion, you know, within the business that that looks after all of this, or you know, is it multiple? Because I know at Coca Cola we used to always have you know the people that use the tools, and then we had the people that actually organised how to use the tools. They were two separate people, right? 
what's your view on that? How has that sort of played out in, in your experience? Well, you definitely need one kind of sponsor, at least on their side, right? That you're liaising with. And then when we work privately with organizations, we create an adoption alliance, which is a small group of people that are the internal champions that uh, are going to help to make sure they're, they're, they're committed to being the best users, working most closely with us and doing like more of a train the trainer model. So um, that's how we do it. And then, you know, there's, there's nuances to figuring out what should be the size of the adoption alliance relative to the total scope of the team. Again, you'll have to read the book to know what that magic formula is. No, yeah. um, so there's a lot of just nuances that go into this stuff. Yeah, great. And look, you know, the book is come up for air. You can see it there in uh, in the background if you're watching it for video. We'll have the links in there. And I love the, you know, the, the subtitle, which is how teams leverage systems and tools to stop drowning in work. And that's what your clients are doing at the moment. They're drowning in work. And it doesn't have to be based on a project management software, like Nick said, you know, whether he's HubSpot, he's Asana, he's lots of things, right? But these principles can really apply. So Nick, uh, it's been great having you on. What we're going to do though, is before we leave, we're going to ask you a couple of questions around your business, but we're going to do it in a rapid fire way. So the first one is what are some of the daily sales habits that you do to help you to accelerate, get leverage? Well, you know, we have, we use HubSpot as our CRM. So I'll go in there and see what tasks are due for me today because I still there's still certain accounts that I am responsible for. Um, but other than that, my you know my team is more the one managing the sales activities. So they're looking at pipelines, reports, et cetera. I have a weekly sales call where we'll look at numbers and reports, but day to day, for the most part, well, right now with my book launch, it's a little bit different right now. Yeah. I'm going through kind of lists um, of my inner network and, you know, just reaching out and trying to, you know, sell bulk orders of books right now. But in general, I'm not doing much day-to-day on sales. Yeah. And, and for your team, where do they find, go to find more about sales? Like, you know, for their improvement, for their personal development, where do they go? You know, we've hired consultants in the past, not just even sales consultants. We've hired communications experts that will analyze our calls and give feedback to people. We found that it's not just salespeople you want to train in this stuff. You want to train your consultants on being better communicators too. Those are your best salespeople because, I mean, a salesperson just helps you close a new deal, but if the consultants are better communicators, you know, you'll, they'll help you expand and retain the accounts. Right. And other than getting, you know, group um, book deals across or sales across the line. What else could we do? Grant you one wish for your business at the moment. Well, other things that I sell too, I I throw an event twice a year. So I get like 30 people together. Um, You know, what would be the most helpful is get a copy of the book for your team. Um, Go to comeupforair.com. We've got a bunch of packages on there. Um, And then also, you know, rate and review the book. That would be very helpful. you know, we're trying to hit not um, we're trying to hit New York Times, but also trying to get a thousand reviews, verified reviews on there. You know, it's kind of a magic number for books. So if you wouldn't if you like it and you pick it up and you wouldn't mind going and leaving a review, I'd really appreciate it. Right. And 
the last question is, you know, given what you know now, certainly around this thought leadership, right? You've just finished the book, et cetera. You know, what have you learned about developing your own book and doing thought leadership that you wish you had have known a lot earlier? Mm. Um, you know, I, I, I thought that only I could do the consulting for a, a long time because it was my intellectual property. How can someone get in my head? And I think when you start writing a book or you start thinking about your intellectual property and thought leadership in terms of frameworks, and you could start training other people to follow it. I think that that is a really good signal that you've got very solid intellectual property because you can't replicate, you know, what's in your head. Uh, if you can't replicate what's in your head, you know, you don't, you probably don't have a scalable product or service. So, um, I think I just earlier I would have tried distilling the framework even faster and. I think for about six months, I wasn't even open-minded that I would ever be able to train someone. And you fast forward a couple of years, I'm not doing any consulting anymore. It's only my team doing it. So yes. that was, you know, I think that was a big learning. Yeah, that's that's yeah, fantastic. And I think, you know, all of us, you know, we say we're stuck in delivery, but I think there's always a way. And every time you listen to someone like Nick, you realize that you can do it, right? The only person that's holding you back is you. And once you get outside of or remove yourself uh, from from that growth, um, you're going to be fine. So as Nick said, comeupforair.com is the URL. You can also go and listen to Nick's previous interview, which is uh, 431, which is a great interview around thought leadership, which sort of gives you the precursor to the book. So it's great, pardon the pun to have the bookends of uh, both episodes. But uh, Nick, I know you're, um, you know, you're a great uh, community member. You, you support this industry hugely. And this book, as we've said, will be a great tool for you to help you to solve some of the client problems that are existing out there that are all solvable, but they're not solvable by themselves. So um, thanks, Nick. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for having me. That was a great interview with Nick. I must admit, his throat was a little sore. He's been doing a few of these podcast interviews, but uh, it was great to get his time. And really, there's two key purposes. One is for you to go and read the book to improve the way that you run your business so you can get out of the day-to-day delivery. But the other is to use it as a validation, like I said, for your clients uh, as a great intro. So um, why don't you share on LinkedIn? Uh, I know uh, Nick is very active there. Uh, What you learn out of this, uh, Nick, link nick would love that sorry and the other one is um you know you can go and get all the summary of the notes the link to the book which is come up for and you can just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com for us podcast for that uh why don't you share this with others as well you've got peers that could get that dual purpose right themselves and also their clients so please share that with them they'll think you're an absolute uh superstar check out our solo shows And if you're scaling your cloud consulting business and really want to know whether you're on the right track, go and download our blueprint. You can find it at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash blueprint, and you can get your free copy today. And finally, take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast 
and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.